0: Shalom. Welcome to Pathfinder's Messianic Bible Study. I'm your host and teacher, Brother Scott Norris. Once again, discovering the ancient paths of Scripture here on Pathfinders. And we're going to continue in our teaching on the seven wind patterns of the Holy Spirit. And so um, our main text is coming out of Isaiah uh, we looked at the spirit of the Lord last in the last segment. Now we're going to take a look at the spirit of wisdom. So this is the one of the other wind patterns of the spirit. There's seven wind patterns of the Holy Spirit, and we're going to discuss the spirit of wisdom. So I think we need to just go back to Isaiah real quick, read the verse, the text, our main text, where we're getting this from. Isaiah chapter 11, uh, verses one through five, okay? And it reads, then a shoot will come forth out of of the stem of Jesse and a branch will bear fruit out of his roots. The Ruach or the spirit of Adonai will rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and insight, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of Adonai His delight will be in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what his eyes see, nor decide by what his ears hear. But with righteousness, he will judge the poor and decide with fairness for the poor of the land. He will strike the land with the rod of his mouth. And with the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Also righteousness will be the belt around his loins and faithfulness the belt around his waist. And of course, Isaiah is describing, giving us a biographical, a prophetic biographical sketch of the Messiah, of Yeshua, hundreds of years before Yeshua walks the earth. Okay, so he's given us some great prophetic insight into the Messiah. A lot of theologians consider Isaiah to be like the fifth gospel writer because his, um, description of the Messiah of Yeshua is very detailed. He talks a lot about the nature of the Messiah, as well as his ministry, hundreds of years, almost a thousand years before the Messiah is even born. Okay. So, um, last week we talked about the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of Adonai. Now in this segment, we're going to talk about the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of wisdom, or the anointing of wisdom. Okay. So this is the anointing that Yeshua walked in. And, you know, of course, we're to become like the Messiah, the goal of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer is for us to be conformed into the same likeness uh, as Yeshua. Okay. So the wisdom, the spirit of wisdom, what type of wisdom does God want his people, his children to operate in, because the Bible talks about. If we study the book of James, uh, we learn that the Bible distinguishes between earthly wisdom and godly wisdom. So there is wisdom that is earthly. There are there are, that you can be wise in the things of the, of the world. But what we want is not worldly wisdom. As a body, as 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 the people of God, we want to have the wisdom of God. And so how does earthly wisdom, what does that first look like? According to James chapter 3 verses 14 through 16, it says, but if you have bitter, bitter, bitter envy and self-seeking or, or selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. So James gets to the root of earthly wisdom, saying that worldly wisdom, the worldly wisdom, which is not from God, um, uh, basically uh, you know, creates a lot of envy, a lot of jealousy, a lot of selfish ambition. Um, there's a lot of confusion that exists, and every single evil thing is there, and that's basically what we see the world operating in. A lot of bitterness, envy, um, sensuality—you know, just the the sensual uh, appetites, the the flesh. You know, uh, things are, are everything is made sexual. Um, people are boasting, bragging. You know, I'm a boss. I'm a baller, I'm this, I'm that, I'm high value, me, 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 what I want, what I'm after, you know, it's, it's all about um, the material things. It's all about the sensual things. This is what the world functions in and, and we see as a result the confusion that the world operates in when we take a step back and look at these things spiritually. So we're not to be in pursuit of this kind of wisdom. We're not to be in pursuit of just the mere knowledge of man. Okay? Uh, the You know, anytime there's a pursuit of knowledge apart from God being somehow the foundation of your pursuit, this is the type of fruit that is going to produce in your life. And we see this fruit everywhere. If we have spiritual eyes to see, we can see this in operation. He says... But the anointing of wisdom is this in James chapter 3, verses 17 through 18. The wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So, you know, this, this earthly wisdom is, you know, is bitter and self-seeking, you know, it's sensual, earthly, demonic, and where this type of earthly wisdom exists, there's confusion in every evil thing, but the wisdom that is from above, the wisdom of God, is first pure. So, the very first thing about it is it is pure, it is undefiled the wisdom of God is undefiled. Okay. The wisdom of God upholds the word of God. All right. That is godly wisdom it is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace or shalom. So the spirit of wisdom, the wind pattern of wisdom. And remember, when we study the word spirit in Greek, it's the word pneuma. If we study that same word pneuma in Hebrew, it's the word ruach. Both mean breath or wind. Okay, that's why I said we're studying the wind patterns of the holy spirit because we need to allow his wind to carry us just like a sailboat is powered and driven by the wind or if you have a windmill is able to take the power of the wind and convert it into energy so we want to harness the power of the holy spirit the wind of god in our lives so that we can produce fruit And we can have results the same way that Yeshua had, because the goal of the Spirit of God in our life, the reason why God breathed into us in salvation, his Holy Spirit, and why he baptizes us with the fire of the Holy Ghost, is so that we can become ultimately like Yeshua. So we function like him. And the Bible says he's been made unto us wisdom. Wisdom. So he is that pure wisdom from above. He is the embodiment of wisdom. And so therefore, we have the spirit of wisdom. We can tap and walk in godly wisdom. That's seeing that's life from God's perspective. Godly wisdom is seeing life from God's perspective. Wisdom is knowing how to take the knowledge of God's word and apply it to our lives. There are many believers who can quote Bible verses, but fail to apply what they know into their daily lives. So just knowing a scripture alone is not necessarily enough. We need there. There's a spirit of knowledge. The Bible talks about to know God, to know the things of God, but operating in wisdom takes what I now know and shows me how to apply it or how to apply a specific area of knowledge in a specific situation. Okay, because sometimes people can read the Bible and not rightly divide, divide the truth. Not A lot of times people can know the word of God and mishandle it. There are a lot of people who create doctrines, um, who teach things, it's coming from the Bible, but they teach it inappropriately, or they they don't they don't apply it in its proper context. They don't they don't really function in it the way that God intended them to. And so now you're walking in error, even though you had knowledge of some truth. Okay, truth only becomes real powerful when it's when it's applied appropriately in your life. You may say, "Well, Brother Scott." Give me an example. Okay. So the Bible teaches us to do not be unequally yoked together with an unbeliever. Okay. So that means that in certain situations, you shouldn't be yoked up with unbelievers in things when you're trying to move forward into the things of God. And usually most people use that verse um, in the context of marriage, or if you're a single person looking to marry someone Um, You know, they always, we're always encouraging a believer to marry another believer. Why? Because you operate in two opposing kingdoms, the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of darkness and and light and darkness cannot dwell together. That which is clean and unclean cannot dwell together. A defiled thing cannot dwell together with holiness. Something is going to have to give. You know, Um, There's a verse in the scripture where it talks about Judas went and hung himself. Okay, well, that's explaining what Judas did. That doesn't mean for you to go out and hang yourself. Hey, man, see, it's a lack of wisdom if you try to apply that now into your life to go commit suicide. No, scripture right then and there is not necessarily giving you a specific instruction to do anything. Scripture there is just giving us a background, a narrative of something that happened. So it is important to have the wisdom of God to know how to properly handle the Word of God and apply it into our lives. Wisdom invokes having insight and foresight. To have insight and foresight. Insight is to understand the inner workings of a thing, how things work, how they connect, How they flow together, how things function, how things function within the kingdom. And then there's also foresight. In other words, to see things happening before it happens. (coughs) A wise person sees the ditch afar off and has already, before he comes to, to the point of where that ditch or that pit is at, has already formulated another pathway to avoid that ditch. That's having wisdom to foresee some things. Some things we got to be able to discern and see before it even happens. You know, or you think there's a man, if I, if I, if I behave in such a manner, this is going to be the outcome. So maybe I should do this instead of doing that. That's having wisdom, the spirit of wisdom. Being able to render proper judgment and discernment. Wisdom understands how to make sound judgment. Wisdom is also the ability to impart what you have learned to others. So wisdom has the ability to share the knowledge that you have and impart it to someone else, to share the spiritual knowledge that you have with someone else. It takes wisdom to teach others. Paul pray for believers at Colossians and Colossians and Ephesus to be filled with wisdom. Ephesians chapter one, verses 15 through 17. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. And see, this is the thing that I pray for pathfinders. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord fully pleasing him, being being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. So Paul's prayer was that God's people might have in them a spirit of wisdom in operation in their life. The breath of wisdom, the wind of wisdom propelling them. Because the type of fruit that we want to see is that, what? We be filled with the knowledge of his will that we may, what? Walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. See, wisdom helps you to walk in such a manner that helps you to live a life that pleases God. For without what? Faith it is impossible to please him. Faith in Hebrew, remember these were Hebrew people. Faith in Hebrew meant to have devotion, loyalty, and commitment. So wisdom means that you're committed to doing what is right before the Lord, what is pleasing unto the Lord. Fully pleasing him, being fruitful. So wisdom helps to bring about fruitfulness. And every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Wise people are always learning. They are always increasing their knowledge, their their knowledge of God. Strengthen with all might, according to his glorious power, for all patience and long suffering with joy. Wisdom, according to Proverbs 4 and 7, is the principal thing. He says, wisdom is the principal thing. Proverbs 11.30 teaches us, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. Effective evangelism and discipleship requires wisdom. If we're going to reach the people in our city, if we're going to reach the people in our family in our towns, wherever God may send you, it's going to require the wisdom of God along with the power of God to reach people. You can be full of the fire of the Holy Ghost. You could be speaking in heavenly heavenly tongues, fire baptized, full of dunamis power. But listen, if you don't seek the Lord for wisdom, you're going to have all that power and still be ineffective At winning souls. And I'm going to tell you something. Unfortunately, a lot of believers and churches lack wisdom. That's why they're ineffective because they don't have the wisdom of God in operation. They could be full of the power of God, full of the anointing, yet lack wisdom. So we must seek God for wisdom. We see Paul praying, interceding for the people of God to be filled with the spirit of wisdom. Effective witnessing requires godly wisdom along with the dunamis, the miraculous power of the Holy Ghost. Wisdom is having the ability to extract from what God reveals from His Word and put it into practice on the earth. Here's some examples Exodus chapter 31, verses 2 through 7. See, I have called by name. Beza Bezalil, Beza the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and have filled him with the spirit of with the spirit of God in wisdom and understanding and knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship, to devise cunning works to work in gold and in silver and in brass, and cutting of stones to set to set them and in carving and timber, to work in all manner of workmanship. And behold, I have given with him uh, Aholiab, the son of Ahisamach, of the tribe of Dan. And in the hearts of all that are wise-hearted, I have put wisdom, that they may make all that I have commanded them, the tabernacle of the congregation, and the ark of the testimony, and the mercy seat, that is thereupon and all the furniture of the tabernacle, Exodus 35 and 10, and every wise hearted among you shall come and make all that the Lord has commanded. The wise receive God's instruction. So, so in other words, the things that God had commanded Moses to be built from his word concerning the tabernacle, this was going to become the residence of God. The dwelling place of God. He gave instructions to Moses. Moses was to pass it on to men who had the wisdom to actually build what God had revealed through His Word. To actually build, see, wisdom has the ability to build what God is saying. It has the ability to to put into practice what the word of God teaches. That is what having wisdom is. Wisdom is therefore very invaluable. Proverbs chapter eight and 11 says, for wisdom is better than rubies and the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. In other words, wisdom from God has, an, has a far surpassing value than any amount of money can have. That's why, you know, James instructs us. He says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. And Yeshua taught us that if we ask anything according to the, the will and name of the, or anything according to his name, it will be given to us. Instead of us asking for things, why don't we ask for the thing that is more treasured above the treasures of the earth? We should seek after wisdom. You know what I'm saying? Instead of asking for money, why don't we ask for financial wisdom? Why don't we ask for God? to give us his wisdom. God, give me your perspective, your insight and your foresight. Give me the skills. See, wisdom also deals with having skill. Those men who were able to construct the tabernacle had a special talent and gifts. They had skills. And so we, we have to ask God, listen, we need the wisdom to know what he has skilled us in, what he has graced us in, what has he called us to do? Because ultimately his desire and goal is that we build and make what? Disciples. He that wins souls is wise. It's not just people answering an altar call. We want to make disciples. We want to make people who are um, so yielded to the presence and power of God that God now begins to live on the inside of them. The Bible says what? Wisdom cries out in the streets. In other words when there's a wise and understanding people, the the word of God says that God said that what Israel was to be a wise and understanding people. Why? Because of the commandments he had given them, the, the word of God, the word of his instructions make us into a wise people. The Bible says the scriptures are able to make us wise into salvation. In other words, we can properly walk in salvation. We can, we can walk in, in the things of God. We can function and flow in his will. We could live a life that's fruitful. We can build up a residence within our heart that houses the presence and power of God. And we can build his kingdom on this earth. We can see his work come to pass in our lives and be effective in the lives of other people. We're not to be a confused people but a wise and understanding people who are sent out, who who, who now when we're out in the streets, wisdom is crying out through us, the wisdom of God, the wisdom of his salvation. So I pray that, you know, this impartation segment has been a blessing to you. You know, we'll continue in the next segment of the next facet of the seven wind patterns of the Holy Spirit. And we'll get into the spirit of understanding. That'll be the next one. We'll study understanding and and wisdom, knowledge, and understanding are all kind of connected. But we want to take our time and really um, search out the word, search out the seven wind patterns of the spirit of God. We want God's, the wind of the Ruach, Hokedesh, to so fill us where we become like Yeshua, where we go from one level of glory to the next We're a wise and understanding people. So I want you to tune in to the next segment and be blessed. Shalom to you and God bless you. Amen.